What is the vision of our church? Yes, we are a refuge, but what does that really mean? Will we be known as refuge just by name? Or will our actions be evidence of people who have hope to share? How will we love? Who will we inspire? Who will be our inspiration? The answer has not changed since humanity's inception. We find it in the places we know comfort is near and truth is discovered. It is our responsibility to provide a home for the castaway, the addict, the lonely, the abused. That is our call, and this is how we live it out. All throughout high school, um, I grew up in religion. I went to Lutheran church, and I started drinking alcohol when I was 16. Um, by the time I was 23, I was what they call an alcoholic. Um, I couldn't just go out and have fun and have a couple drinks and go home. I was to the point where I would drink until I blacked out and had no um, memory of whatever happened of the night before. We were um, in, uh, we were separated and we were months away from having our divorce finalized. For many years I struggled with addiction and that addiction also led to a lot of crime. Um, it started a few years ago when I went to the doctor and found out that I would most likely not be able to have a child of my own. So I was told that if I wanted to have a child, it would be through lots and lots of doctor's appointments and um, medication, and with that I might possibly be able to have my own child. Our value system was really, really caught up in, you know, how, you know, the collections that the office could make, the the volume that we we're seeing, the things that we we're doing as an office was how we were, we were judging our success and so we would just push and push and push and drive and drive. And My mom and I, it was just us because she was a single mom and we were moving around a lot basically because of jobs and other things and it got to the point where we couldn't take care of ourselves on our own anymore and so we had to either because basically we didn't have a choice, we had to go on the streets. You know, due to choices I made, I ended up with a, um, being jobless, being, you know, having no money, and having two children to, to feed and clothe and take care of. Ended up sliding down a, uh, into a place where, where I was depressed. Um, I just really felt like, like a nobody. Like I was constantly living in failure. Every day I would have to ask God to help me with this job because um, I wanted to do it, but I didn't think I'd be able to. There's no way, there's too much, you know. But um, He gave me courage, you know, He spoke to me, and God literally changed my heart. And so from that moment forward, I, I really dedicated my life to Christ and knowing His Word and, 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 and learning about it. I remember. I came to a point where I just got down on my knees and I just cried out to God. I just said, God, if you're there, just come and help me. Come and save me from my hurt and from my pain. Um, I just, I don't know what to do anymore and I don't know where to turn. Um, and that's where I, you know, came to um, that Sunday service. And that's um, where he's brought me today. Something changed on the inside of me. And at that point, God started working on my heart, and, and at that moment I knew that God actually loved me. God had his hand on us the whole time, and he opened up a house.
house, basically. You know, there were days when I didn't know where our next meal was coming from. I didn't know when the electric bill was going to get paid. I didn't know when the rent was going to get paid. And we never went hungry. We always had clothes. We always had what we needed. Um, not exactly what I thought we needed, but, but we always had something. But now she is almost seven months old and she's a happy, healthy little girl. I couldn't rely on my own abilities to make a way. I used to have depression, anxiety, bipolar, and I used to be an alcoholic. I used to put me first in my marriage. My mom and I were almost homeless. I recently my life and I didn't think I was going to make it. I'm a former pastor who dealt with discouragement and depression. I struggled with addiction and crime for a long time. We were on the brink of a divorce. The enemy tried to steal life. And then I found a refuge. And then I found a refuge. And then I found a refuge. And then we found a refuge. And then I found a refuge. But then we found a refuge. But I found a refuge. But then I found a refuge. But we found a refuge. These are our stories. And because of our refuge in God, we have found hope. And now it's time for us to be a refuge so that others can discover who Jesus really is. Oh, 
going to be well, not maybe it'll be well in three weeks or three years or three months, but now it is well because it's not of our own doing, but Jesus, it's only through your cross, through your sacrifice and through your grace that we are found free. So refuge this morning, we're gonna sing this song and let's declare this as a body that it is well with us. It is. 
at Refuge, we believe all people matter to God. This is a place we grow while finding authentic hope, purpose, and love through Jesus. If this is your first time here at Refuge, there are a few things we want you to know. First of all, know that God cares about you and so do we. Secondly, our gatherings are designed for real people doing real life. We're all about building community. And third, if at any time during the service you need assistance or a question answered, feel free to find a host. They're wearing blue shirts and are located throughout the auditorium or at the Welcome Center. If you are a guest, you can grab a welcome guide, which is located in the seat pocket in front of you. Inside, you'll find a card. You can fill it out and drop it off at the Welcome Center after service for a free gift. Each week over the coming months, we will be highlighting some changes that are important for you to be aware of. The first thing to be aware of is the name change itself. We are now Refuge. Not Refuge Fellowship Church, not even Refuge Church, just Refuge. How many of you love our ushers? Well, guess what? We're getting rid of them. No, not the people, just the title. From now on, they'll be called hosts. And along with performing their typical duties, you'll now be able to find one at the Welcome Center before and after service. Speaking of the Welcome Center, we're making some changes to that as well. It is the place to go to learn more about events, get information about different services or outreaches of refuge, and more. We'll have a fun, friendly host there each week for you to talk with. All right, the last change we want to highlight is for Refuge Kids. Let's turn it over to the Refuge Kids team leaders to learn more. Hi there, I'm Jennifer. And I'm Jennifer. And we're here to share with you some exciting news. This is our new Refuge Kids Auditorium under construction. And we are excited to share with you some of our new changes that we're doing to relaunch Refuge Kids. We have exciting new ways that we're thinking of reconstructing how we do children's ministry and lots of new things to share with you. First of all, the start times. There'll be a 9.45 drop-off at the check-in spot um, halfway between church and the new Refuge Kids location. You can drop your kids off at 9.45 and we will be in for the entire service because da-da-da-da, we have live worship back here for the kids. We are so excited about that. Also, we have new names. We have Sea Kids, those are the little ones. We have Pathfinders and Planet Nova. That is the room that we are in right now. We have, are going to have interactive teaching, fun activities. Um, you are not going to want to miss this, not only for you, for bring your friends. You will not be sorry when you come here. You are going to have an awesome time at Refuge Kids. And this all starts Sunday, February 8th at 945. We also want to invite you after service, if any of you are volunteers already or are interested in becoming a volunteer, we'll have a quick informational meeting right in this room at the end of service. We are so excited for what we have in store for you at Refuge Kids. Now back to you, Tracy. Wow, that is awesome. I'm so excited for what the future has in store. Now to some actual announcements. Today after service, you're going to want to hang around for a while because we will be having some refreshments to celebrate the relaunch. And by refreshments, I mean food. This week, Wednesday, 24-7 Youth will be relaunching as Refuge Student Ministries. There will be food, prizes, and even our former youth director, Aaron Shirick. You're not going to want to miss it if you're in grades 6 through 12. Today, we are continuing our series called We Are Refuge. This month, we've been learning what it truly means to be a refuge. Pastor Matt's message is even called We Are Refuge. It's going to be great. If you're on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter, you can use our hashtag, WeAreRefuge, to help promote the series. 
You can also listen to today's message and all messages from past series on our website for free. I'm guessing that most of the people in this room have used the internet. Some of us might even be using it right now. Well, we have good news for you. Refuge has a website. There you can listen to past messages, give online, and discover more about who we are as a church. You can also learn more about the events we just mentioned or discover events we didn't mention. Check it out at wearerefuge.net. Have a Facebook? Twitter? How about Instagram? Well, we do. You can follow us on social media to be the first to find out about new events and encouraging stories. All right, it's community time. Go say hey to some people at Refuge, and don't be afraid to walk around the room and say hi to an unfamiliar face. Or if you'd rather just sit in your seat and chill, it's okay too. We'll give you a couple minutes. Children may also be dismissed now. Well, thanks for listening. Enjoy the rest of service. Love is an ocean, you can drown me. But sweet embrace the lovely taste, I taste the sea. I'm under grace, the place to be. It means I'll never need an umbrella. I'm cool in the cold in the hot weather, whether or never I ever understand I'm a man in the hands of great plans. I stand with faith there in the life I never known to touch. And still I saw my clutch, but I'm like, what's the dream of? What's the hope in? What's the doubt for? Live to no end. This is living. The life I've been given is a gift. If I'm a living, I'm a living to death. So what's the dream of? What's the hope in? What's the doubt for? And live to no end. This is living. The life I've been given is a gift. If I'm a living,
What is brave? What is real? What is hope? This journey called life can be a difficult one. Full of surprises and full of heartache. Where do we find comfort? Where do we seek truth? The answers are not always easy to find, but the solution is always worth the fight. It is this journey that defines and molds us. It shapes us into the person we are. The life of Jesus is what inspires us. The hope and freedom he provides is what drives us. Our destination has been set, and we have the strength to arrive. We will not give up, and we will not turn back. The reality of this call requires one another, a mosaic of people with one goal, to show people Jesus. We are fearless at heart because we know our God. We have vision to disciple and a heart to love. We persevere when times get tough. Because of Jesus, we are brave. We are real. We are hope. We are refuge. Amen. Well, good morning, everyone. This is an exciting day, and I'm just so thrilled that you could be part of this relaunch service. I tell you, I, I told Travis, I said, I can't believe how nervous I am. <laughs> but it's a new beginning. It's a fresh start. And, and I guess, and he told me, he tried to reassure me, comfort me, because he's been a pastor. He knows how it is. He said, you know, that's good. You can just redirect that in a positive way. So, Yeah. Well, we just want to welcome you. Welcome to Refuge. This is very exciting. Uh, in my heart, I'm, I'm just thrilled because God is doing something so significant. And, and there's times where God wants to do something within the church, within our organization, within our individual lives. But we don't let him because maybe we're so set in our way that we're not open to change. We're not open to what God is wanting to do, what he's wanting to bring into our life. And so I challenge you to begin to really embrace what the Spirit of God is doing. Because sometimes things may seem different or foreign. It may take us out of our comfort zone. But that's a good thing. Because there's, we have to admit there's times we just get too comfortable with our life. And, and, and I, I like what one minister said. God's called me to minister to the, uh, to the afflicted and to afflict the comfortable. Amen. <laughs> so... Yeah, uh, this, actually this past week, we just celebrated our 31st anniversary of Good News Fellowship Church, and, and that takes me back a, a few years, and, and there are some people that were here in the very first service, Dolores, and my parents, and, and there's a few others, the Sikashas, and I, I think we've come a long way. We've seen a lot of stuff. We've waded through a lot of junk. There's been a lot of challenge and heartache. But God has been faithful. And we can look back and we can rejoice in the faithfulness of the God that we serve. And even at this point of time, as we begin to look to the future, we know that God, as he's been faithful in the past, as he's faithful in the present, he will continue to be faithful in our future. The world is, is afraid because of the uncertainty of what's coming. But in Christ, there's a hope, there's a strength, there's a confidence that we can embrace because we know that he's with us, he'll never leave us nor forsake us. Now, this actually is day 21 of our fresh start. It's a time where we seek the Lord in prayer and fasting as a corporate body. And uh, I, I believe that during this time, it's, it's, it's really been wonderful to really connect with God 
and to really make seeking first his kingdom our focus. And, and it's encouraging because people have been sharing with me things like I've been showing them and things in their life where they're, they're finding breakthrough and experiencing and encountering Jesus at a greater level. Uh, those are all benefits of really pressing in and pursuing the heart of God. And the prayer focus for this final day of our, our time of uh, corporate fasting is, is this relaunch and refuge and what that is in dedicating it to the Lord. In fact, that's what this service is. We, we really want to make this day a day of consecration, a day of dedication, as we dedicate this new name to the Lord, this new emphasis, this new focus, and realize it's not just a name change. There's so much more that's involved. There's so much more that goes into it than just a name change. But a name is significant. We're going to talk about that this morning. And as I share, I believe that uh, God is going to inspire uh, you this morning. So keep your hearts open to embrace what God is doing. Um, this morning, as we've been sharing this month, we've been casting the vision for refuge. We've been discovering God's plan for refuge, and we're finding a refuge in Jesus. Uh, and we've talked about the messages this month. We are brave, we are real, and we are hope. And we encourage you to listen to them online because there's so much that God is giving us in, in his in download from heaven. And today, the title of the message is We Are Refuge. And, and I want to direct you uh, to uh, look at Psalms 119, verse 114. And, and this actually is, as I've been studying the scriptures and looking through the scriptures, I see this as a, a prominent or one of the theme verses for refuge that we will embrace as a church body. Uh, and before you, we read that, I want to encourage you. You received a Welcome to Refuge brochure. There's a lot of good information. Make sure you read through this. You check it out. Uh, and you can, it'll help you become familiar with, with some of the changes that are going on. Uh, the Bible is our truth foundation. In fact, it's the final authority in how we live our lives. Uh, so we look to the word because it, it gives us life. Uh, Jesus is the living word made flesh. In Psalms 114, actually Psalms 119, verse 114, it says, you are my refuge and my shield. Your word is my source of hope. Let's pray. Father, we're confident in you today, for you are our refuge, our strength, our hope. And Father, we look to you this morning to move in our lives. We thank you, Father, for the spirit of truth that reveals insight, understanding, and revelation. Help us to see, Father, the things you want us to see, to hear the things you want us to hear. I thank you for your anointing that is capable of breaking every yoke. Father, to break bondages, to bring freedom to those that are captive, to those that are hopeless and helpless. We thank you, Father, and we give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. For those of you that were right here at the beginning, there were testimonies of different people whose lives were changed, where people found Jesus as their refuge. And I believe that there are testimonies. Every one of you is a testimony. Every one of you is a testimony in the making because God, when he starts with us, he doesn't stop. He's not finished. He, 
the scripture tells us he began a good work and he's faithful to continue to perform that awesome work. When we look at the word refuge, we actually find it 67 times in the Bible. That's quite a bit. That's the New King James Version. Uh, the uh, New Living Translation is found 76 times. So depending how the word is translated, in some uh, translations you might find it more. And we understand that um, when we look at refuge, there's something significant that's going to affect how we minister to a community, how we reach out to people, and how we serve. And I believe in these end times, it's very important that we engage with what God is doing. And uh, we're going to continue to see changes. That we we're hoping that the sign would be uh, changed this week. That's up and coming. Uh, offering envelopes are going to change. We're going to be good stewards. We're going to use the old ones. But you can make checks payable to Refuge today. The bank will accept those. And so there'll be changes throughout the next few months that you see. But this is actually the relaunch. And, and, and sometimes with the relaunch, I, I was at, uh, actually at NASA one time, actually for a couple launches of the space shuttle. How many of you have been down there for that event? And there's such anticipation. There's such expectation. It's so exciting because there's a, a, a new venture that's about to take off. And, and I believe those at NASA in, in the control center and all those that have worked on that project, they're all kind of apprehensive to a degree. There's nervous, there's anticipation, there may be even a little bit of fear and doubt. Will this thing ever get off the ground? <laughs> Will this thing ever get off the ground? And maybe some of you have been thinking that way. Is this going to really be impactful to this community? Are we going to really reach the goal that God has set before us? Or are we just going through another thing? I believe that this relaunch will be successful. It will get off the ground because God wants to do something in this community. And I believe he sought out a people. He sought out those that would hear his voice and embrace what he wants to do among them. Hallelujah. I'm just, I'm excited. And, and bear with me this morning because there may be moments where I, I get a little bit passionate about things, okay? Just bear with me. Uh, the Christian school, Stevensburg Christian Academy and Kayline Christian Academy of Early Learning, they are very much a part of the vision of refuge because those are ministries that serve our community. And our doors are open to serve children, to train them up in the way that they should go. And later this year, we're going to do a relaunch because both of those ministries are celebrating their 30th anniversary. I think when we first started, I was so aggressive. And 31 years ago, we planted a church. And then the second year, we opened up two ministries to the community, a child care center and a Christian school. Such an undertaking. But yet, God has been faithful to bring people together to serve the purpose that he's given us. And I want to thank you individually and corporately for your sacrifices, your contributions, because one person can't do all this. It takes people 
with a vision and embracing that vision and saying, yes, we can do this. Everyone doing their part, then every need is met. And you've heard me say that a couple of times, and you'll continue to hear me say that because I, I will hardly believe that. Um, there's a word that was given to me uh, probably about a year, more than a year ago, a year and two months ago. This was the word of the Lord that came, that began to set in motion what we are doing right here today. And that word was a new name for a new season as you enter a new year. The new name will launch you into ministry that will engage the heavenlies and bring in a mighty harvest into my kingdom. The hurting, hungry, destitute, and wealthy and affluent will come to witness and experience what I'm doing in your midst. What I'm doing will not be contained within the four walls. Now, if you notice the logo for refuge, it's not a box. And so, and in fact, Good News Fellowship Church, that was a square, the logo for that, that was a box. But refuge, you see the top and the bottom breaking out. The six-sided logo represents breaking out of the box. Because what God wants to do, I believe, he wants it to impact the community. So often church can just be what's happening in the four walls. But church is really what's happening when you're on the job ministering to a coworker and sharing with them, when they're going through a divorce, when they're going through a difficult time. For you to be connecting with people that are hurting, connecting with people that have a need and a void in their life that only Jesus can fill. It's, it's you, it's the church moving and living and breathing within the community and beyond. Because wherever you go, you take Jesus with you and you are his representative representative in those places. So we ask, why a new name? What is this? Why a new name? The Lord actually confirmed this to me with a verse in Isaiah 62, verse 2, which reads, The Gentiles shall see your righteousness, and the kings your glory. You shall be called by a new name, which the mouth of the Lord will name. Now, I know that as we sought God and we encourage you, remember when I'm saying, let's pray. God's going to reveal this name. He's going to make it known. And as we put this before the Lord, it was a process of time. But among all the names that, and some of you, thank you for your submissions of names. They were good. But as all these names were before us and as we were praying, there was one that emerged. And God continued to confirm it and confirm it and confirm it that we were to be refuge. And actually, when we first announced that uh, last fall, I believe it began to set in motion what is occurring today. And so we talk about reasons for change. We see where God changed the names of people in the Bible, actually 33 times, uh, four of them in the New Testament, but the rest in the Old Testament, where God came along and he changed someone's name. Why is that? Well, there's, there's reasons, and I, I'm going to share them with you. I believe the prominent reason why God changes the name is because he's giving a new identity. He's giving someone a new identity. In fact, uh, there's a new anointing that comes with a new name because a, a name is a prophetic declaration 
over your life. And, and so when we named our children, we, we looked at the meaning of those names. Because every time that we would call out that name, we knew we were making a pro- prophetic declaration over their life. And so my name is Matthew. So every time you say Matthew, you know what that name means? Gift of God. Thank you, Mom and Dad, for naming me Matthew. <laughs> and I may be a gift of God to some people. Maybe I'm a thorn in the side to some of you. But, you know, um, I tell you, but you think about the meaning of the name. And so we see Abraham. His name was Abraham. It was changed to Abraham. Abraham meant high exalted father, but Abraham meant father of a multitude, the father of nations. And that had to do with his destiny, where he was going. Now, he had a good name. We had a good name in Good News Fellowship Church, right? That was a good name. But then God changed Abraham's name because he had something more significant for him to do in the earth. And you know, I believe what the reason as part of this, and, and I'm, I'm, this is a credit to you as a congregation, as a body. God saw something in Abraham and how he was faithful with the name that he had. And he said, I can entrust him with a greater mission, a greater assignment. And I believe God has saw the faithfulness of you as a body of believers and a leadership team working together over these last 31 years. And he said, I can entrust them with a greater mission to impact this culture, to reach this generation. Because I'm 57 years old, and it's not about my generation anymore. I know where I'm going when I die. But there's people that are younger than me, much younger than me, youthful, that don't know where they're going when they die. And so we have to be intentional on how we reach them. We have to make changes to reach the university in our community, to reach the youth in our community, I met somebody here that was visiting for the first time, and, and he said, I've never been to a church like this. He said, I like this. He said, I'm used to going to churches where everybody's gray-headed. <laughs> yeah, well, that's sad. And, uh, no, we, we want gray-headed people in our church. Don't, don't get me wrong, okay? Don't get me wrong. <laughs> but if that's all there is is gray heads, that's a problem. Gray heads, it, it's the blend of gray and red and black and brown and whatever color you want to dye your hair. It's beautiful, you know? So we, we love all kinds of heads, okay? <laughs> um, and this is, what, this is what God said to Abraham because I, I thought that this is also a word to us. In Genesis 17, verse 5, he said, No longer shall your name be called Abraham, but your name shall be Abraham. For I've made you a father of many nations. See, that was God's intent. This is what I've made you. This is what you're cut out for. This is what you are to be. Verse 6 says, For I will make you exceedingly fruitful, and I will make nations of you, and kings shall come from you. See, God is making us exceedingly fruitful as a body of believers, as a congregation. Exceedingly fruitful. Kings will come from this body. You might say, well, kings are real nations. Well, maybe. But kings that understand their authority in Christ because you've been called as a priest and a king and to serve in the kingdom of God. Amen? And so we see other name changes. Sarai to Sarah. That was Abraham's wife, if you didn't know it. 
And, and that, her name Sarai, was my princess. Isn't that sweet? This is my princess. But her name was changed to mother of nations. Wow. Genesis 17, 15. You see that? Jacob, he was a rascal. His name was Suplanter. In other words, he was full of mischief. And maybe some of you have been full of mischief in this time that your name be changed to Israel. And you know what Israel means? Israel means having power with God. Wow. That's a name change. And then we see Simon. His name, he was a rascal too, wasn't he? He, he always put his foot in his mouth for whatever reason. And Jesus changed his name to Peter. And Simon actually means God has heard, but Peter means rock. And see, Peter had this instability thing working in him, but when he became Peter, he became a stable factor in the early church. A powerful man of God that left his past behind. See, there's also a new name for all of you. Did you know that? Book of Revelation. <laughs> We see that coming. That's not yet. But we see in, in Revelation 2.17 where you're going to get a new name. And it's going to be written on the stone. So when we meet Jesus, he's going to give you a stone. It's going to have a new name. No one else knows it until you read it and say, oh, and I hope you like it. <laughs> Your mom and dad may have given you a good name. But I think the name Jesus gives you is going to be amazing. Amen? I'm looking forward to that. I don't know about you. I'm looking forward to that. So I make this statement before you. Good News Fellowship Church is appointed to be a refuge. Same church, new identity with a distinct assignment. Refuge we define it, and we can look at the dictionary. The dictionary defines it as a condition of being safe or sheltered from pursuit, danger, or trouble. Refuge actually comes from a French word, which means to flee. In most cases, a refuge is a place to flee to in order to get away from people or places that are unsafe. Okay? And so as, as you go to the doctor, there's a, a statement they'll ask you when you're visiting the doctor, he's doing the checkup. He said, do you feel safe at home? Right? Do you feel safe at home? See, uh, the reason they ask that is because of what's happening in today's culture. Not everyone maybe feels safe at home. But we believe that refuge is going to be a safe place. That people can be sheltered from the storms of life that are ripping their lives apart. There's another meaning for refuge and it's one that the dictionary does not give us. But it refers specifically to our relationship with Jesus. Because Jesus is our refuge. God is our refuge and strength. Psalms 46.1 says, God is our refuge and strength, always ready to help in times of trouble. Always ready. He's always ready to help us. He's always ready to help you. Don't think that he's removed himself from your life. He's always ready to help you. You may feel distant from God, but he's only a call away. He's only a heart cry away. 
whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved, shall be delivered. Call on him. He's there for you, ready and willing to intervene in your life, no matter what you're facing, no matter what you're encountering. Refuge is a place, a protection or shelter, as well as a protection or shelter itself. See, we take our refuge in God. I love Psalms 17, 7. I believe it helps to reveal God's heart, God's character towards his people. Sometimes people look at the Old Testament and they view God as a a God that was harsh, a God of judgment. He's certainly a God of judgment, but yet his unfailing love is revealed over and over and over again in the Old Testament as well as in the New. In Psalm 17, 7, it says, show me your unfailing love in wonderful ways. Here's the psalmist. Say, show me, God, your wonderful love. I want to experience, I want to encounter your wonderful love. Say, Jesus, and God are love. God is love. The scripture defines him as love. That's what we need to encounter. Because love has the greatest potential and capacity to transform a human life. When you encounter the love of God, that has a transforming element that will change you from the inside out. Discovering and coming to know his love. Notice what it goes on to say. Show me unfailing love in wonderful ways. By your mighty power, you rescue rescue those who seek refuge from the enemies. Now, do we need to define our enemies? This morning, you had people come up here. They talked about addictions. They talked about Issues that they had to overcome in life that only God delivered them from. And so your enemies could be alcohol. Your your enemy could be drug addiction. Your enemy could be pornography. Your enemy could be uh, hatred and anger that's, that's taking over your life. What is your enemy? God is a refuge for your enemies so you can break free from that. Now, There's a charge that we have when we understand what it means to be a refuge. In Isaiah 62, verse 10, it says, Go through, go through the gates, prepare the way, the people, build up, build up the highway, take out the stones, lift up a banner for the peoples. As as the Lord directed this scripture to me, this is really part of our assignment. Because sometimes we put roadblocks in people's ways that hinder them from coming to Christ. And they're saying, we need to make a way. We need to make an avenue for them to come. We need to remove the stones, the things that would trip people up so that they can come and they can receive the truth, the message, in a way that they can receive it. Because so often, we may have maybe approached it in the wrong manner. But when we look at Jesus... And when we see how he ministered, then we can get a picture, an idea of how we are to minister as well. See, there's a condition in this generation. They're without God. In this generation, they're lost. They don't know Jesus. And so we understand that some people don't have a refuge. They don't know what a refuge is. They don't know that there is a refuge for them. In Psalms 142, verse 4 
It says, look and see, there is no one at my right hand. No one is concerned for me. I have no refuge. No one cares for my life. I cry to you, Lord. I say, you are my refuge, my portion in the land of the living. The psalmist here found God as his refuge when he had none, when he was hopeless, when he was distressed, when he felt he was all alone, when he felt no one was there for him. How many of you have ever had those moments when you felt no one cares, no one understands, no one really understands what I'm going through, what I'm dealing with? That, that's a place of desperation. But for people like that, we as a church can be a refuge for them. And really it's bringing them to the refuge, Jesus, so they can encounter him in their life. Because it's more about Jesus than it is about us. But yet we are his witnesses. We are called to be a witness for him. And we look at the Old Testament, we see in the book of uh, Judges, actually the book of Joshua, we see where Joshua appointed six cities in Israel to be cities of refuge. And these cities were actually designated and appointed for those that were menslayers. In other words, somebody that accidentally or inadvertently killed somebody unintentionally. And in the day, if, if maybe you were working with a co-worker and, 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 and something happened in, in the accident and, and you were maybe, somebody died in the process, like let's say you're chopping a tree down and the ax head flies off, it hits your buddy in the head, takes him out. <sighs> Did you know what? His family, the, of the deceased, could come after you and take your life. So there were these cities that people could run to, and they were safe. Once they were within the gates of that city, they were protected. And they found that place of safety and that place of refuge. And so when we understand this, we look at it because there's a parallel. Jesus is our refuge. The city of refuge represents Jesus. Psalms 9.9 says, The Lord also will be a refuge for the oppressed, a refuge in times of trouble. It's a place we come to. In Psalms 91, and this is probably one of the prominent verses in the Bible on refuge, it says, If you say, The Lord is my refuge, and you make the most high your dwelling, no harm will overtake you. No disaster will come near your tent. In other words, it's that place of safety. The one who's trying to take your life is stopped short because he can't pass through those gates and he can't drag you out of that city because you are in a safe place. You know, growing up north of Junction City, which is only about 11 miles west of here, there was 20,000 acres. There was right near our property, the farm that my dad owned and raised us sons and daughters in. Um, and it was called the Mead Wildlife Refuge. Now, that was a track of property that was donated and dedicated by its owner to be a wildlife refuge. So they won't build a road through there. They won't build a building through there. It's a place where bunnies, where deer, and all kinds of other creatures can inhabit. And they don't have to worry about some bulldozer coming through and plowing through their den or their home. It's a refuge. It's a place of safety. 
uh, although I think they allow deer hunting there, so <laughs> it's not a true refuge, okay? Uh, it would be if you could hunt there, but uh, anyway. So <laughs> and so the avenger of blood typifies Satan because he's after us. He's trying to kill us. Uh, it's interesting. We understand the role of, of, of the enemy in coming against us. He's like a lion. He's the devil, like a roaring lion, walking about seeking whom he may devour. We see that in 1 Peter 5.8. Satan is also the accuser of the brethren in Revelation 12.11, 12.10. He's accusing us. He says they're guilty. They should go to hell. They should be eternally separated from God. And yet, we see that the slayer is the sinner. Because there's, there's three parts here. There's, there's the city of refuge, that's Jesus. There's the avenger of blood, that typifies Satan. And then there's the slayer, that's us, the sinner. We are all responsible for the unintentional manslaughter of Jesus. See, you may not have been there to put Jesus on the cross, condemning him to die, pawning the nails in his hands and feet. But yet, you're guilty of his death. How is that? Well, Acts 3, verses 14 and 15 says, the apostle Peter is preaching to this crowd. He said, you rejected this holy righteous one and instead demanded the release of a murderer. You killed the author of life, but God raised him from the dead, and we are witnesses to this fact. Now, you need to understand the cross. It was your sin that put Jesus there, but it was his love that held him there for you. See, we want to invite you to the refuge of Jesus. Jesus is the refuge. And we invite you to receive him as your Lord and Savior. If there's anyone here today that does not know Jesus, your Lord and Savior, today you can discover and find him as your refuge. When he died on the cross, he died for you. He died for me. He died for the sins of humanity. And you may have gone to church. You may have heard gospel messages. But have you ever really embraced Jesus and received him into your heart and life, acknowledging him as the one who died for your sins, acknowledging him as the one who paid the price for you. Have you? Well, you have that opportunity. I'm going to take a moment now in the service. We're going to ask that you bow your heads. And we're going to do some other things yet here because we're going to have a, a dedication time of, of this new church. With your head bowed, eye closed, I want you to really think about the future. And think about what happens after you die. What do you believe? What do you anticipate? What do you expect will happen? Now, if you've settled the issue in your heart and life of Jesus, and if you've made him the Lord of your life, you have this assurance, this knowing on the inside that when you die, you will pass 
from this life into eternity and you'll be face to face with Jesus. You'll be welcomed into his arms of love and you'll spend eternity with him. But if you don't have that hope, if you don't have that assurance, maybe there's fear, maybe there's doubt, you don't know where you're going to end up, then I want to challenge you today to give your life to Jesus Christ. But you may say, how do I do that? How do I give my life to Jesus? Well, the Bible says if you believe in your heart and if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, that you will be saved. Because with a heart, man believes, resulting in righteousness, and with his mouth, he confesses, resulting in salvation. You're saved. And in a moment, you become a new creature in Christ. Old things have passed away. The very life, the very love, the very nature of God is injected into your human spirit and causes a transforming work. And the world looks and they don't comprehend it. They don't understand it. Say, who is this Jesus? How can he change a life? He's been dead 2,000 years ago. Yes, they say he's been raised from the dead, but how can he be relevant today? Well, he is because he's alive. And he's in this room right now moving by his spirit. And he wants to encounter you with his love. Would you receive him? Would you open your heart to him? If you say, I'm at that point, Pastor, I'm at that point. I, I want to give my life to him because I know I have no hope of eternity. I'm just living my life trying to do the best that I can. But I'm messing up. I'm, I'm failing. But Jesus, I want to invite you into my life. Because only you can change me. Because I've tried to change and I, I failed miserably. How many of you would lift your hand and say, Jesus, I want to welcome you into my life. I want to receive you into my heart today. Just hold up that hand so I can see it. Okay, I see anyone else this morning. This is between you and God, but also it's important that you acknowledge him. Okay, I, I see that hand. Okay, there's a number that have raised hands. We're going to pray this prayer. But I want everyone to pray this prayer with me because this prayer is significant. And it's, it's something that, that when you engage in this and really mean it from your heart and not just repeat what I say, you will experience the reality of a loving Savior saving you from your sins, forgiving you because of his shed blood on the cross, paying the price for the death that you deserved, the separation from him for eternity that you deserve that's wiped away. Pray after me. Heavenly Father, I open my heart to you and I'm ready to give you my all. Lord Jesus, I invite you in my life. I invite you in my heart. Forgive me of my sins. I believe you died on the cross for me. I believe you were raised from the dead to give me new life. Jesus, come in. I receive you now. Make my life what you want it to be. In Jesus' name. Now, if you prayed that prayer sincerely, I want you to turn to the person on your right or left and say, I meant that prayer. I meant that prayer. I meant that prayer. 
And if you prayed that prayer for the first time at the end of the service, we're going to have some people up here praying, and we invite you to come, and, and we'll have uh, some information we can give you to help you in your journey with Christ as you grow with Him. Now, I, I want to share a couple of things about the name, because did you know that Refuge was in Good News Fellowship Church all along? We took the letters off the wall that were at the, in the service center, at, at the Welcome Center, which is there, the Welcome Center now, and the letters that make up Refuge you see it up there? You take out those letters, refuge. It's there. It was there all the time. And, and also, you, we can also find H-I-S and put that in front of refuge. It's his refuge. That was just, to me, a witness. And um, Amanda was putting all those letters together, and she took a picture and, and texted it to us. And I was like, wow, Lord, that's awesome. That's awesome. See, Matthew 16, 18 is still a foundational verse. Jesus said, I'll build my church. The gates of hell should not prevail against it. But yet we see vision, and vision is important. You heard that earlier, for those of you that were here at the beginning. But I want you to put the vision statement up there because this is the vision of refuge. And I want us to read this together. All people matter to God. Refuge is a place we grow, find authentic hope, purpose, and love through Jesus. You might say, well, why doesn't it say this? Why doesn't it say that? It says what it says because it's about Jesus. Amen? Our mission statement, we look at our mission statement, and really the vision tells us where we're going. The mission tells us how we get there. The mission statement reads, we are a place that welcomes all people, equipping them to grow in faith through God's word. We create engaging environments where people discover their purpose, resulting in a life-changing encounter with Jesus. We take his message of love and hope to our community and beyond. I want to call forth the leadership team, team leaders, which were formerly department heads. And if you would come and join with me, church board, because we're going to pray and dedicate refuge to the Lord. This is a time where we join our faith. It's a time that we unite our hearts together under this banner. Let's make your way to the front. And you can face the congregation because we're going to stand here together. I thank God for, for dedication and commitment that you have demonstrated. The years, the hours, the finances that you've sacrificed, not just as a leadership team, but all of you, all of us together. Thank you so much. We're going to join hands. And you join your faith with us as, as we dedicate and consecrate refuge to the Lord. Thank you, Father. Heavenly Father, we're grateful for this moment in time. We call upon you, the God of heaven. And Father, we thank you for this fresh start, this new beginning. We thank you, Father, for what you have ordained for our future and what you've determined to accomplish through this church, through this body of believers. Father, we unite our faith together 
enjoying, Father, in harmony, in unity with your purpose. In the name of Jesus, we thank you for helping us reach this community, for helping us reach beyond this community to the nations of the world where, we're already, where we already have a presence. Father, we thank you for intentional outreach to minister to those that are living their lives in despair, living without Christ. Help us to bring the answer that they need. In Jesus' name, we dedicate to you this church, this people. We dedicate our lives. We commit our resources. We pledge, Father, all that you've given us in the area of gifting to serve your purpose to reach this generation. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Holy Spirit, move in the hearts of the people. Father, help us to embrace and grasp what you're doing. In Jesus' name. be seated. I want to read to you our core values. And again, we can read this together. We'll wait till they come up on the slide here. Let's read these together. We are a people who cannot be broken. We are a family that will always forgive. We are peacemakers in a world at war. We are a body that when damaged will heal. We are a safe place for poor and for rich. We are a haven for those who are tired. We are a friend who will never grow weary. We are enablers for those who seek truth. We are a journey that never grows old. We are servants who love without an agenda. We are in awe of the one true God. We are a refuge. Hallelujah. Let's give the Lord a hand. Thank you, Jesus. We want to conclude the service by receiving an offering, by receiving tithes and offerings. And I don't know about you, but my heart is stirred. And we want to really take an opportunity to invest in refuge, even as a seed. The Bible tells us in Luke 6:38, give and it shall be given to us. At refuge, the theme of our lives is living to give, living to give. And so as we look at opportunities to be generous, opportunities to give, we know that giving releases joy in the heart of the giver. Giving allows you to take partnership with what's happening, to be a part of what God is doing. And I'm so thrilled to be able to invest my time, my resources, my very life in refuge in what God's doing here. And we encourage you to do the same as, as you are moved and stirred within your hearts. If you need an offering envelope, you can find one in your seat pocket in front of you. And if not, lift your hand and the usher will assist you. You can make checks pay payable or making checks. You can make it payable to refuge. 
If you make a mistake and put GNFC, the bank will still take it. That's okay. Uh, it's just like when it comes to New Year, sometimes I write the old year when I'm writing my check. Have you done that? Uh, so we'll give you time. We'll be patient with you on that. But we're thankful for the opportunity to really share with what God is doing and to partner with what God is doing. And we appreciate everything you do uh, to help us accomplish what God has given us as a mandate for our community. I want to take a moment as you're preparing your offerings. There's also an option for you to give online if you like to do that. Our young people, they like to use that as a means of, of paying their tithes and offerings. That's fine. I still like writing out a check, but uh, don't fault me for that. I, I just like having something tangible in hand, right? So I can physically give it. I don't know, maybe uh, that's old school. <laughs> um, there'll probably be a day where there'll be a cashless society. So we just got to get used to these modern forms of giving, right? I want um, Pastor Deb to come, and I'm going to have her pray over the offering this morning. And I, I want you to know that this woman stands by my side faithfully. And we are a team that God has put together for such a time as this. I tell you, I couldn't do it without her. She's an important person in my life second only to Jesus and I love her dearly and I thank God for her role and all the changes and, 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 and just for us it's been a journey it's been a challenge over the last few months but yet there's great rewards that are before us and I always think when there's changes and all those things are happening either you can pull apart or you can partner together and so as a body, we partner together. And I'm excited about refuge. You know, I think of safe places. And like the scripture says, you know, to be under the shelter of his wing. You know, think about that kind of safe place where nothing can get you. No matter what's going on around you, you're in a safe place. And so that's our hope. That's our desire that refuge be a safe place for you and a safe place for you to bring people place where you can bring people who need hope because you know I, I feel like over the years or last year there's been a lot of transition in a lot of people's lives and I always think how in the world do they do this without Jesus because sometimes I have a hard time and I have Jesus <laughs> so how do we do it without him so um, praying over the offering Father we know that what we give is a part of our life, that we've worked hard, that we've saved, that we've done our part, and now it's time for you to do your part. <laughs> we just thank you that wherever this money is sown, Lord, that lives will be changed, that people will get to know you because they have an opportunity to walk through these doors and have a hope. And so, Father, I thank you for, for enabling people to release something into your kingdom into something bigger than they are in Jesus name thank you Lord Amen. Amen. and I'm going to share one more thing we have a new son here with us today and so this is Ricky Ricky you want to stand and wave this is Ricky and he is And he's from China.
so you can all welcome him and thank you for coming and being part of our family. Amen. In a moment, we're going to dismiss. I wanted to uh, let you know that Tuesday we have an open house for Stevensburg Christian Academy from 4 to 6. We encourage you to check that out and really see what God is doing uh, as a ministry to impact this community. We're so blessed with amazing staff, amazing families that make up the Stevensburg Christian Academy. We have 11 congregations represented in the school, so that's very exciting. And also a reminder for those that are participating in the, a pro-life walk that's at 2 o'clock at the courthouse steps this afternoon. We encourage you to come and, and, and share with others and, and stand up for life. I wanted you to stand up at this time. And again, when we dismiss, uh, we'll have people up here praying. We'll have the uh, prayer team come up at this time. They'll be here to pray with anyone that desires prayer, that needs ministry. But let me dismiss you in a final prayer and before we send you on your way. Heavenly Father, we're grateful for this day and time. I thank you for each one that has come. Father, we release them with the blessing of heaven upon their lives. Father, thank you for your wisdom, your direction this week, for heaven's favor upon them. Father, to protect them and keep them in all of their ways. We declare that in their pathway there is life and there is no death. In Jesus' name. Father, we release your blessing over them now. In Jesus' name. Amen. Well, God bless you. Thank you so much for coming this morning. Uh, we do have refreshments available out there. Uh, enjoy, hang out a little bit. You are dismissed. Those needing prayer, please make your way to the front at this time. You are dismissed.